Hey, Rob Bradford here. You guys know I'm always up for a good MVP story, and one of the best stories is Wasabi Technology. Wasabi is the world's hottest cloud storage company, and it's become the go-to provider for professional and collegiate sports teams, including 20 major league baseball teams like the Red Sox and NHL teams like the Bruins and Vancouver Canucks. Even the Liverpool Football Club is getting in on the Wasabi action. So why is Wasabi the MVP? Well, Wasabi was purpose-built to free businesses from skyrocketing storage costs and unpredictable transaction fees that the Amazons of the world are charging. In fact, Wasabi is up to 80% less than those hyperscalers and doesn't charge a cent for businesses to access their data. From Wasabi's AI-enabled intelligent media storage, Wasabi Air, to the industry's only cloud storage service with triple protection against cyber criminals, data deletion, and ransomware, Wasabi's taking the lead in driving innovation in data storage and helping sports teams to unleash the power of their data. Wasabi, another Boston-based champion championship team. Welcome to the Seattle Mariners baseball podcast. I mean, stop singer. Toss on up the first in time to get seven. Three run homer. Robinson can off the lefty specialist Fernando Abad and the Mariners lead it five to four. Goodbye baseball. Straight away center field. Cano and go back to back and the king when the mariners needed him the most two hits over seven scoreless innings now here's your host gary hill all right welcome back seattle mariners baseball podcast man that was awesome mariners win last night nine to seven over the astros in a spectacular ball game a great win for the mariners really incredible in a number of ways I'm going to do my best to keep this podcast at a reasonable length. It's going to take us some time to get through this ball game, though. There is a lot to it. It is thick with intrigue, heroes everywhere. As the Mariners win again, they've won five in a row, and they have not lost in the second half of the season. So playing some great baseball. Also on this podcast, after we get through the game last night, we're going to chat with Jesse Smith, one of my favorites from the Mariners front office, And we're going to break down some outfield defense. He has some very interesting things to say about outfield defense and how the organization looks at it. So a great conversation, as always, coming up with Jesse Smith. But let's get to the game. It's going to take us a while to get through. A ton happened in this one. What I like to do with a game like this, though, is kind of turn back the clock a little bit and think about where you were heading into this ballgame. White Sox... The sweep in Chicago. Mariners won four in a row coming into this ball game, but had to use their bullpen a ton. Bullpen lights out, 14 innings pitched, one earned run. And I'm talking about the back end of the bullpen, the guys that try and close down wins. Diaz, Vincent, three games in a row apiece. So high leverage situations in all three games. Coming in to take on the Houston Astros, who seemingly are winning every single day. Lance McCullers on the hill, all-star, one of the best there is in the American League. So really a tough spot on the road against Houston. And at least the way I looked at it in this three-game series, if you can get a game of the three, you've had yourself a tremendous road trip after the sweep and then getting a game. And that's that was how I thought about it coming in. And in a tough spot, the way the bullpen was sitting with Lance McCullers on the hill 
You didn't know about Diaz. I mean, he said last night, uh, night before he was going to pitch, but I mean, you never know how a guy after pitching three in a row will come to the ballpark and feel, and the same goes for Vincent. So that's kind of how things were heading into the ball game. Uh, Mariners, though, they jump on the board early. They put a run on the board in the first inning. Houston matches with the run in the first and then uh, one more in the third inning as well. So Houston's on top 2-1 to one going into the fourth inning, and that's when the Mariners would tie it up. Here's the pitch. Swing and a ground ball inside the bag at third and down the left field line all the way into the corner. Extra bases. Seager running second. Heading for third. He's going to be waved in by Manny Acta. Up with the ball is Reddick to throw in. Cut off by Correa. The relay to the plate. Seager slides. He's safe. And it's now the Mariners two and the Astros two. And Danny Valencia with a big run batted in off of Lance McCullers here in the top of the fourth inning. Danny Valencia in his past 60 games coming into last night batting 302 in the last 60 games, 359 on base and a 462 slugging. And I don't think we should look past the production that he's been bringing to the table. Consider that from 2007 to last year, the average for Mariner first baseman during that stretch, 242 average, 313 on base percentage, 407 slugging. So in context, think about what Valencia is doing now for a nice long stretch. I mean, we're talking 60-plus games, and this is without including last night. That's a nice long stretch of production at first base. So I think it's easy to overlook given uh, you know, what the middle of the order especially is doing, some eye-popping numbers from the guys in the middle. But he has been really productive and added a lot of length to this lineup. So that was a big double by Valencia to – tie up the score and then Mike Zanino who had a big game he'd give the Mariners a lead the pitch swung on line drive deep left center field and this one is going to be off the fence here comes Valencia Dyson rounding third he'll score the throw to second Zanino slides and he is safe with a two out two run double and the Mariners have the lead four to two over the Astros here in the top of the fourth inning four to two over the Astros at that point and then the Mariners would add on one more in the fifth inning as well as they keep trying to play add-on, which you have to do when you're taking on the Houston Astros, a team that can just pile up massive amounts of runs. A lead at that point, but then Houston would get four in the bottom of the sixth inning, so they take the lead. It is six to 6-5 going into the seventh, and then what would be a theme, the Mariners just continue to fight back, and that's exactly what they did, putting a run on the board in the seventh inning. The one-two from Davinsky Pitt. Swing on, there it is! Oh, my. Deep to left. Say goodbye. Off the concrete wall out there at left field. Boom, stick, baby. Nelson Cruz has done it again. Home runs in three straight for Nelson Cruz, and he tied up the ball game. The Mariners would get one in the eighth as well to take the lead. Here's the windup and the 2-1 pitch. Swing and a high fly ball deep to left center field. Reddick going back to the garage doors, and this one is gone above the railroad tracks and out to the windows. Goodbye baseball. Mike Zanino, yes indeed, gives the Mariners a lead with his 13th home run of the season. Number 13 on the year gives the Mariners the lead, but you know, Vincent comes on in the eighth, his fourth straight day. He would end up giving up a run, but 
it was one of those innings where some good pitches, McCann in particular, I mean, ball gets inside and he, he gets jammed but still dumps it into right field. But the key is they do get one, but it could have been much worse. C-Shack comes in to close out the deal, finish the final two-thirds of an inning, and that was hugely important to keep it at a one-run ball game. So we go to the ninth. It's a tied ball game. Mariners don't score in the top of the frame. We head to the bottom of the inning. Gallardo was on out of the bullpen. And th- this is when Gene Segura, this inning was just incredible. Reddick starts with a double. And then Segura turns a ridiculous play that looked like the ball game was over. I mean, Gonzalez, a bounding ball that looked like it was getting into the hole. Segura dives, stops it, throws from the seat of his pants to first base to get the outs at first. So Reddick moves on to third base. Intentional walk, then a steal of second base. Aoki grounds it to Segura, who throws home to get the out. So he's involved in both the outs, and one of them just absolutely incredible. McCann intentionally walks. So they're loaded up, and now Bregman is on. So base is loaded, two outs, and of course, Segura was the one who made the play. The set by Gallardo, the right-handers, 2-1 pitch. Swing and a ground ball wide, a third of the hole, and short, back at it by Segura. Throw to Cano, at second in time. Out at second is McCann. Gene Segura does it again with his glove. Into the hole to his right, the backhand. Over to Cano to get McCann, and the inning is over. Gene Segura twice has saved the Mariners here in the bottom of the ninth inning, and we are going to go to the 10th. He did an incredible inning. It does not get any better than that defensively. I mean, three plays, two of them ridiculous. That force play at second was really close with speed coming to second base. But Segura, incredible inning. They just they don't survive that inning without that incredible defense. So Mariners live to fight another inning. We head to the 10th. Sip is on. Tough lefty against Kyle Seager. He would go yard. And a pitch to Seager. Pitch swung on and hit to right. It's deep. It's got carry. It's gone! A home run for Kyle Seager! The Mariners have the lead back again, baby, at 8-7. Oh, man! An incredible ball game going back and forth. And when I think about what the Mariners did, the comebacks, everything else, McCullers on the mound, all of that. But you look at the home runs specifically, and it's really remarkable because you had Zanino, who homered off of Gregerson. Gregerson had allowed one home run to a righty all season coming into the ballgame. Zanino takes him deep. Seeger against Sip. Sip had only allowed two home runs against lefties all season coming into the ballgame. Seager takes him yard. Davinsky, two home runs allowed to righties this year. Cruz takes him deep. So combined, Gregerson, Sip, and Davinsky against their strong side had allowed a grand total of five home runs combined on the season, and the Mariners get that trio for three in the game last night. Zanino, Seager, and Cruz. I think that is just, uh, of everything else that happened, I mean, that's amazing. I'm not sure if it's more amazing than Segura's defensive inning, 
I don't know which I don't know which is more amazing, but uh, they're both incredible, and it just adds to what what a remarkable ball game that was. And the Mariners weren't done in the inning. They'd get a little insurance. 1-1 pitch here to Valencia. And a pitch swung on, driven deep to left. Headed towards the garage doors. It's gone! A home run for Danny Valencia. And the Mariners have a 9-7 lead. A line drive, a five iron by Danny. And so Edwin Diaz comes on with a two-run lead, pitching his fourth day in a row, trying to lock down his fourth save in four days. He was absolutely lights out the last game against the White Sox. I mean, dealing. Only threw 12 pitches, nine strikes, and throwing flames, and he had no problems in the 10th to get this one. Diaz looks in. The 1-2 pitch to Altuve. Here it comes. Swing and a miss. Struck him out. And a terrific win for the Mariners, a seesaw affair. Game one here in Houston. The Mariners outbattle Houston and win it by the final of 9-7. to seven. Incredible. So the Mariners now have won five ball games in a row. That is the longest winning streak in the American League. And now all of a sudden you start to look at the standings, which I guess we haven't started to look at them. We've been following them. But the Mariners now with this five-game winning streak, there is only one team between them and the New York Yankees for the second wild card. Yankees lost last night to the Twins. They're three and seven in their last ten. Yankees are forty-seven and forty-four. The Twins are forty-seven and forty-five. They're a half game back of the Yankees. The Mariners one and a half games back of the Yankees. One games be uh, one game behind the Twins, and. Something you should plan for this weekend. Mariners have four games with the Yankees starting on Thursday. Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday at Safeco Field. Think about that. Of course, the Mariners have two more against the Houston Astros, which will not be easy, especially given the bullpen situation coming into tonight. But, hey, you take the win today and you deal with tomorrow, tomorrow. And that's uh, Mariners happy to take this win in an incredible ball game as they beat the Astros by a final score of 9-7 to seven in 10 innings. A wild ball game. The Mariners get the win. Here's what Scott Service said after the game. Really, really proud of our guys. Uh, competing like that, the effort level just locked in uh, all night. Uh, obviously, we know what kind of season the Astros are, are having and you know but our competitive edge was, was there all night and you know from you know, getting off to good starts and you know big double uh, I can go on and on some of the stuff and Miranda obviously five and two thirds he kind of ran out of gas a little bit and our bullpen was very thin tonight uh, we got them all in there in brief spots here or there but uh, uh, you know the Cruz homer the Seager homer uh, you can go on and on um, everybody really chipped in and you know, we, we talked coming out of the break, break what it was going to take for us to kind of get back to playing the type of baseball we're capable of, and it's competing every night. Yeah. Having a little swag when you go out there and feeling good about yourself, and, you know, our guys are, are really competing well right now. Are there ups and downs in that game, or is that just something where they're going to go on forward entire time yeah you know obviously you know you're sitting at five to two you're feeling pretty good about things and then you know Miranda just like I said run out of gas we tried to we needed really to get six innings out of him tonight was going to set up for our bullpen just couldn't get there didn't have anything left and uh, but again you know our team um, felt like we we're going to win the game the whole night you know and that says a lot 
uh, about what you know the guys are, are where they're carrying themselves, how they're how they're going about their business right now. It's it's fun to watch. And also just the fortitude that they have, because you know that the Astros are, are capable of scoring nine runs a night, and that it's not going to be easy even at five two. Oh no doubt, no doubt. Uh, obviously this this ballpark is conducive to home runs. We got some guys that can hit them. Obviously they do too. But you know we put good swings on the ball tonight. You know McCullers has been very tough on us. I thought we had a good game plan against him. Got the pitch count up. Uh, we we you know didn't do a ton of damage against him, but enough. We got some big hits, and that's what it takes against a good pitcher. Given your opponent, this place, how you played here before, where does this win rank this season? In the way you kind of stayed with it. No, we, we've had some good ones, but this is probably you know right there with I go to the Verlander game, kind of how we were getting dominated that night and, and turned it around. But this one, as far as a total team effort, every pitcher, every position player that was on the field, and I really you know, left it all out there. So you're in the ninth. Yeah, the defense that Gene threw out there was just it was unbelievable. You know, the, the, the backhand stop, the, the ball, that was the key out in the end, getting the first out with Marlon Gonzalez, and then, uh, you know, the, the play at home, the, the backhand with the force play. Yeah, there was a lot going on that inning, and, you know, I really, you know, tip my hat to Gallardo as well. Uh, he hasn't been out there much for us, um, but kind of showed his veteran presence, and he, he executed pitches. You know, he had a, plane, a game plan against Aoki, and he got it done. He fell behind Bregman, he, he got it done. He didn't give in, and, you know, says a lot, and you know, nice having a veteran out there. We've talked a lot about Gene's offense this year. Defense surprising a little uh you know it's you know he he plays the game easy kind of like our second baseman does and uh but you know when when it's crunch time like that uh the 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 play he made going to the backhand kind of rolling over and the the fire across the the diamond to get gonzalez is is huge you can't make a better play in that situation and uh you know he's having fun he's got a smile on his face and all the guys should a great win tonight diaz uh Second up there. Yeah, he, he was. All of our guys didn't have quite the same crispness to their stuff. Uh, I know Eddie was probably going to be the same way, but, you know, he sucked it up. I don't know what the heck we're going to do tomorrow, but we'll worry about tomorrow tomorrow. So uh, big win tonight is, you know, guys need to enjoy this one. Do you think with leaving Pagan out there that you're going to have enough to go tomorrow? Is there going to have to be multiple moves? We'll worry about guy, uh, tomorrow tomorrow. But, yeah, Pagan will be able to come back. Gardo should be okay, and, you know, we'll sort it out when we get in here in the morning. Yeah, exactly. You take the win, and then you deal with tomorrow, tomorrow, which is today. So the Mariners will take on the Astros in Game 2 of the series. We'll talk about that in a second. But first for Segura, I mean, what a day. Not only that ninth inning, which was incredible. He had two more hits. He is now officially qualified. And with those two hits batting 349 on the season, he became qualified and passed Altuve for the American League batting lead all in one day and the ninth inning. I mean, that that is a quality day of baseball for the Mariners shortstop. He is now your AL batting leader, now batting 349 on the season, amongst everything else. What a great day. Also, you heard Scott Service there mention Gallardo. That shouldn't be lost. A guy who has spent his essentially his entire career. I mean, he spent, what, three games out of the bullpen when he first came up as a young pitcher, and he has spent his entire career uh, in the rotation. And here he is. I was thinking about it last night in the situation. I mean, there are – how many times has he been on the mound in a situation where, hey, if you give up a run, that's the ball game. I mean, he's pitched in a lot of tight situations, obviously, as a starter. But, I mean, talk about – a guy who has thrown a ton of pitches in his big league career, been in a lot of situations, but in a situation where you give up a run, the game is over late in the ball game. 
you know, just entering. It's a, it's got to be a very new experience and a very odd experience in a way. And I think you got to give him credit now. Four games out of the bullpen pitched, and he has gone a total of 10, uh, 11 and a third innings and giving up one earned run, ERA below one. So he's given the Mariners some quality innings out of the bullpen, and they may need some quality innings from him out of the bullpen tonight. He only had to go one, so we'll see. We'll talk about the matchup coming up in a moment. I want to hear first from Kyle Seeger, who homered in his third straight game last night. Told Casey I thought I was invisible. (laughs) (laughs) Two info hits, I was like, I think I'm invisible with Casey. I think I need to get the green light. He still said no. Some this one up. I mean, all, all wins are nice, and I know that's what you're going to say. It's nice to win. All wins are nice. But, you know, it's not. Come on, this Because <laughs> you played some tough games. There's been some tough games. We, we've certainly played our fair share of tough games here. And, uh, you know, I don't know any numbers, but I feel like we've been on the wrong side of a lot of them. So, you know, it's it's nice to, it's nice to win a game like this. It's certainly nice to win a game here like this against that team. That's a, that's a really good team over there. And, you know, we... Um, you know, we, we had a lot of battle. We had a lot of fight in us today. And, you know, there was uh, you know, we made big pitches when we needed to. Segura made some absolutely unbelievable plays. You know, defensively, we had a lot of big hits tonight. You know, it was a, it was a battle. It was a really good win for us. It's a good sign you hit a ball like that off a lefty carry like that. Yeah, it's a good sign to hit it off anybody. I, I don't, it's it's a it's a good feeling. Period. So, you know, it's it's certainly uh, yeah, it's. Tenth inning, I don't care who it's on, but that works out well. Yeah, how much of this is kind of the last few days? You're riding a little bit of what you did in Chicago. It's the second half of starting. You guys want to do some things. Yeah, I feel like we've been, you know, we've been playing really good baseball. You know, I feel like, um, you know, we've been playing you know, really good defense. We've been swinging the bat, the bats well, and then you know we've been throwing the ball well. I mean, even tonight, you know, they scored some runs, but that's a really, really good offense over there. So, you know, we had pitchers make like, big, big pitches tonight. You know. Gallardo getting out of that, getting out of that jam he was in. I mean, there was some, uh, you know, it was, it was a really good all-around win for us. And I mentioned Gallardo a moment ago. Let's hear what he had to say after the ball game. Um, you know, it was definitely, you know, just like you said, that's obviously the first situation, um, the first time that I was in that situation. It's just, you know, try to try to take it one pitch at a time. You know, I was able to uh, get out of it with some, some good defense. You know, Segura really picked me up and you know, it's definitely didn't help to fall behind on Reddick and then start the inning with the, you know, lead off double. You know, but after that, like I said, it's just uh, just one of those things, you know, you just got to take it one pitch at a time, make some pretty good pitches to uh, get some ground balls. And then, you know, that that last play that, uh, well, both of the plays that Segura made, you know, is, uh, you know, diving all over the place and making some outstanding plays. It was, uh, it was definitely, a, a, you know, he picked me up. How much different is that feeling from when you would just start a game and maybe just have a lot of traffic on the bases in a normal inning? Yeah, well, you know, I think it's, you know, like I said, it's, I mean, this is, you know, I haven't been pitched out of bullpen a lot. But, you know, just, like I said, especially in a game like tonight, I think it's just one of those things that, you know, just kind of kind of slow it down. You know, just, just slow the game down and like I said, take it one pitch at a time. And I mean, it's just one of those things that you know you have to focus and execute each and every pitch because uh, you know it's not in the game and anything can happen. Game can be done and, and whatnot. So like I said, I mean, it was a it was a good win overall. You know, a good win for all of us, and I think it's uh, you know it took the whole team. Absolutely. A great win. 9-7. Mariners now back at 500, 47-47. 47. 
two games to try and take a series from Houston, then coming home for the Yankees for four. They're chasing right now for the second wild card. So here's what's going to happen. No podcast on Wednesday. No podcast tomorrow. Uh, Day game, 11 o'clock first pitch from Houston. So next time we chat, we'll be talking about the two games against Houston and then getting ready for the Yankees series. So tonight, Sam Gaviglio will get the ball. He gets the call, uh, the call up, 3-4, 4-3-1 ERA. Brad Peacock will go for Houston 7-1 with a 2-6-3 ERA. He's had a very nice season for the Astros. Started out in the bullpen with all their pitching injuries, was forced in the rotation, and he's pitched well in the rotation. I mean, last time out in Toronto, went six innings, didn't give up a run, did walk five, so he was in some trouble, but pitched out of it. Time before that in Atlanta, gave up three and six innings. Mariners were slated to face him in the series earlier this year, uh, but he went on paternity leave, so he didn't pitch in that ball game. He did face the Mariners out of the pen early in the season, pitched three scoreless innings in his relief work. But it's going to be a tough one. I mean, tonight's going to be tough. Gavilio facing the Astros. Their offense packs a punch. We'll see about Carlos Correa, who left the game hurt. Uh Boy, if the Mariners don't have to face him the next two games, that would be a nice break. He has been unbelievable. But with the bullpen situation the way it is, hard to imagine we'll see Vincent or Diaz in any type of situation tonight. But we'll see what happens. And then the game after, still TBA officially for Houston, but James Paxton will go day baseball on Wednesday, 11-10, first pitch. So there you go. We're all set. Mariners trying to take a series before coming home for a nice, long homestand. Yankees, Red Sox, Mets. But some work to do before that. We'll see if the Mariners can take a series from the Houston Astros. Well, right now, we're going to have a chat about outfield defense with Jesse Smith. Today, we get to visit... Again with Jesse Smith, Director of Baseball Analytics here for the Mariners. It's great to talk to you again. It's been a little while. Thanks for coming by. Gary, always a lot of fun. Thanks for having me. I am really excited to talk to you about one topic in particular because when I look at this Mariners team and you look at everything the Mariners have fought through this year with injuries, especially to the pitching staff, everything else, I think the most consistent aspect of this team has been the outfield defense. It has been tremendous all season long, and there has been a number of guys doing it. Now, when you look at the public numbers, defensive run saves to UCR, wherever you go, Mariners are at the top of the heap. I know you look at some different numbers, but I'm guessing to your eyes as well, the outfield defense has been outstanding as well. Absolutely. Outfield defense has been a strong point for us. Uh, we've you know, not, as you will, would expect, we break it down uh, quite granularly in a whole lot of different <laughs> ways. Uh, you know, I think it, it all starts with Gerard Dyson. That's why we brought him in to anchor the D, provide some speed, and he's done exactly that. He's, he's by our account, you know, been our best defender. He's, he's great out there in center field. And, like, I think on the broadcast, it's come up a lot. He just makes it look easy. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the thing with outfield defense that makes it so hard is that by the time – the camera pans over a lot of what the skill that's gone into the play has already occurred which is how quick how quick are we able to read the ball and react and take the route to meet it at the most efficient point 
which is incredibly hard to do if anyone else has tried to do it. Uh, and as it turns out, the, the majority of our outfielders, the core, are all above average to exceptional at that skill, which we would just refer to as reaction speed. Uh, and then, of course, with Dyson, you pair that with just electric uh, acceleration and top speed. So most of the time on a play that you know another player would have to dive for, just wouldn't even get to, he just coasts right in and makes the play. I think there was one last night that just he had to come in on and hung up a little bit, and he caught it on the fly. And, you know, he was going at top speed there to, to, to get it, but it just by the time he got to the ball, it was it looked almost routine. Uh, but I would imagine it was probably a 50-50 type ball for the average outfielder. Uh, so a lot goes into outfield defense. Uh, there's, you know, we do, we do outfield positioning, which is often very subtle because uh, the trends of hitters, you know, unlike infield are much uh are much less varied and more regular so you know uh again something that we point out on the broadcast a lot but you'll see that we're playing a guy off center maybe 10 steps to the left or the right and it won't always line up because uh, guys are different like when they're pull they might be heavy pull so we might move a guy we might move the the pull side more pull but then we might end up moving uh the off outfielder actually less pull just because of that's just sort of the way fly balls distribute sometimes. It's a little bit counterintuitive until you break it down. But uh, it's been it's been pretty uh, seamless this year so far. I mean, when you have uh, outfielders as talented as we do, uh, it makes us look really good. Uh, we feel from our, from our measurements that we've been uh, in the top uh, third, maybe even the top fifth, top five in terms of how we position our guys. And then when we add on just the skill of our outfielders uh, we see it as we have the best uh, defensive outfield unit in the game right now and when you hear people talk about outfield defense a lot of time the mind jumps to balls in flight but there's the other aspect of that as well that we see it all the time where this outfield in particular is really good at getting balls to the gap whether it's on the ground and turning what could be extra bases into just a single which is an incredibly important skill as well yeah, that is that is an excellent point. Uh, something that's often lost uh, in the noise. Uh, I feel I, I haven't looked at this lately, uh, and haven't broken down as far as our overall value. How much of that is coming from taking extra base hits and turning them into singles? But we are no doubt doing a great job of that. So few balls get to the wall that are on the ground for us. Our guys cut them off before they get there, and we also have a lot of cannons out there too. So you know, batters. Will just or runners will, will just not attempt to go for that double uh, because both were getting there a lot faster, and they don't want to challenge uh, proven outfield arms. But uh, definitely as important as getting those outs is limiting those extra base hits. You mentioned Dyson, how good he's been. I've also been very impressed with Heredia as well. You look at the numbers; he's been plus in all three outfield positions, which is not an easy thing to do, especially when you're not playing on an everyday basis. But he's been outstanding as well, I think. Yeah, Heredia has been a lot of fun. He's been the source of an interesting debate that that we have upstairs, and I think a lot of uh, fans in the sabermetric community talk about, which is uh, the move from center field to the corner outfield, and if there are certain players that are clearly more suited to one of those positions than the other, and that is to say, if you're uh, average, an average corner guy, will you be you know proportionally the same? in center field because it's a it's a harder position unquestionably the more range is required but 
are there skills that certain players have that translate better or worse moving those positions? And Heredia has, I, I believe, uh, has self-proclaimed that he <laughs> is a better center fielder uh, than a corner outfielder, and you know, it turns out he's pretty good at both. Uh, but uh, I think one thing that is, is part of that equation, which is you know almost unquantifiable from the data that we have, is is the read off the bat. Uh, it's just you get different angles playing in center field, and a lot of them uh, it, it allows you to highlight a certain skill set because so when the ball's coming right at you, as, as it often happens in center, it can be extremely difficult to make that judgment. You have to use the sound, the swing, who's at bat to make these really quick on the fly uh, decisions. And Heredia is, is obviously plus at that uh, in what he's shown so far. And then uh, just moving away from that, I think the other thing we've seen with him is, you know, just in addition to just above average tools in the outfield, he has a knack for playmaking when he is in the vicinity of the ball. Like, we've seen some pretty crazy plays around the wall that, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, probably some of the some of the highlight real plays of the year, not just for the Mariners, but in baseball, yeah. I would think. Do you see a day where, for example, the all-star debates come up, this guy over this guy, that sort of thing. Do you see a day where, in the public realm, there's a defensive, kind of a concrete defensive number that we look at, along with home runs and RBIs and everything else that we look at in debates like that. Do you see a day that will come? I do see a day where that where that exists. I think right now it doesn't exist uh, because there's there's no fair way to do it. It's yeah. not fair to all the players. We know we have all these blind spots, and so you know we'll highlight things that we can measure and we know. But uh, but we want to be careful not to undervalue or overvalue people unfairly, uh, knowing the known unknowns that we have but yeah I I think it's probably a ways away because there's just so many different attributes of defense uh unlike you know say hitting where we can we've 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 learned how to measure those results very clearly uh and defense is so opportunity based as well and you know depending on who's pitching and, and where you're playing just you know you may only have x amount of opportunities to to really show what you can do and you know, you could you could be great at going in on balls, but not so good at going back, and you could just end up having more balls that you have to go back on and not get to highlight uh, what you're what you're truly gifted at. So, it's a that's a, a nuanced one. I'm not exactly sure what it would look like, but you know, maybe just a, some sort of runs estimate number. You know, like I think we sort of attempt to do it, but just no one's comfortable enough uh, with it yet. But yeah, I I believe in that future. Well, thanks for the time. Thanks for coming over. It's always fun to talk uh, defense, and it's been fun to watch this outfield defense all year long. It has. Thanks, Gary. It's blazing hot outside. You get in your car to turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows hot air out. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy, all-in-one solution that will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits. Make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro.